Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verse 50 onwards. 50, 51, 52, 53. It says in, in some of the Bibles, it'll say, The Ascension. It's the title of that little piece of thought. And it says here, And he, that's Jesus Christ, led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Say, bless them. So often, see, it's scriptural. To lift your hands, lay hands on someone, or just lift them. I bless you in the name of Jesus. The rabbis of all would often, the congregations would bless the congregation. Says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. So here it's Jesus Christ himself, the risen Savior. He has just, now this is fascinating that at, we celebrate Easter, which is a significant date where he is risen. This is the day we celebrate where the angel comes and kicks or something, the rolls away the big stone that was over the tomb of Jesus. And tomb, then Jesus, the Holy Ghost, comes over him, and he is resurrected from the dead. And so the angel kind of stands guard as the women come to put ointment on the body of Jesus. <laughs> and I don't know whether the angel was smiling or not. I would have been but says to the ladies, he is not here. He is risen. Go tell your brethren, tell the disciples, Jesus Christ, as he said, he, would, he has been risen. So he says here, he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Say worshipped him. So it is important. We, we don't worship angels even. But we worship the living God. And Jesus Christ. Part of the Trinity. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we return. The disciples return to Jerusalem with great joy. Say great joy. So that's the atmosphere we should take with us above all. It's great joy. Why? He's resurrected from the dead and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Then <laughs> it says at the end, amen. Do so likewise. So get that spirit. Joy. He is risen, and now this is taking place. Remember that. This is the mention of the ascension of Jesus. This is part of the Apostles' Creed that we often share here it's the basic beliefs that the believers in Jesus Christ have believed over centuries and you know the words he was conceived of the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended to hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven so often I've uh, and we have repeated, Jesus Christ, 
was crucified. He died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, he was resurrected. Nobody has that kind of statement. He is the king of glory. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. There is no one like Jesus. So he, he is buried. On the third day, he is resurrected. But some of the uh, times on occasion that we tend to forget something just as important. And that is, he not only was crucified, dead and buried, but on the 40th day, say 40. So this is, he is with the disciples for 40 days. It's not like, okay, he is, zoom, one day he's here, gone today. No, no, he spent 40 days. 40, by the way, is a significant biblical number. Do you know how many days Goliath came to insult the children of Israel and insult their God? For 40 days, he prances around saying, who are you? You're nothing. You guys, your God is nothing. All of, he, and then David, that youthful kid, challenges him and destroys him and cuts off his head. So then you find, for example, for 40 days, the spies were sent into the promised land to spy out the land. And because they believed the, did not re, believe the report of the two spies who says, we can take them, but believed, oh, I don't know. And uh, it reminds me of some of the leadership that I've heard about from places like Washington, D.C., you know. I don't know. I'm, I want to run. Um, the spirit of Joshua and Caleb was different. <laughs> but they spied, went to spy, and they, it was 40 days they spied out the land and came out and said, ooh, it's too bad. It's, 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 oh, the giants are big. And so because of that, it, it did not please the Lord. He said, okay, you were in there 40 days, and you should have been in faith. Instead, you are wimpy cowards. Therefore, judgment is going to come on you. Forty days you spied out the land and you should have come up with a, a faith report. Instead, you were cowardly. And therefore, you're going to wander around 40 years. So that's one of the reasons why for 40 years they uh, spent in the wilderness. God's idea was to take them out. It was going to take them about 11 days or so to come out of Egypt and be ready to go across the Jordan and come into the land of promises. It was not God's wish it was that they come out, they wander around for 40 years, but he still covered them, defended them by night and by day. The Holy Spirit was covering over them. By the way, Saul, David, and Solomon reigned in their reign. They reigned for 40 years. So 40 is quite a significant number uh, the and of course the ministry of Jesus himself going into the wilderness he fasted 40 days so 40 40 40 there are 40 years 40 days so Jesus is resurrected and he is examined in a sense if I can say it that way by his disciples and he tells them look feel here is the holes where they put the nails and me and uh, here is where the spear of 
the soldier went in and I bled from here. I mean, they could see it for 40 days. And then he ascended on high. So, the, why are we talking about it? Because it matters. Does it matter that Jesus ascended? Yes, sir. He is ascended on high. And what has happened? In John 16, verse 28 says, Jesus, quoting Jesus' words, I came forth from the Father and have come to the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So he came here, it basically, I mean, this was his temporary visit. <laughs> we are privileged about three and a half years. We were able to be, he was among us earthlings. <laughs> he is, of course, flesh. Now, he is like us, but he came from the Father, and he, he ascends. Now he goes to the Father, goes back. By the way, the final thought at the conclusion will be, also, he, he will come back. He will be sent by the Father. The second coming is going to, we can look forward to it. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to make everything right. But also, the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 17 says, again, the words of Jesus, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Say to my brothers, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Isn't that wonderful that Jesus, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father. Say, my Father, my God. So we keep, it's important that you not only receive this word today, but you keep on confessing, because there'll be a day that I'm looking forward to that day when we go across and uh, be greeted by Jesus, by the Father, by the angels. I mean, it's, and then many of the saints who have gone before, I, I'm looking forward to meeting all of these guys in history. I've got some questions. And uh, then meet some of our great friends. I'm looking forward. I believe one of the uh, first ones who's going to give me a hug and a kiss, whether I like it or not, is Johnny Cook. He's waiting. When our sister was saying there was a, a member, some, some person in heaven that was waving huh? a, a veteran, and Johnny Cook was a veteran. He would give us, remember, how many of you remember, have you been kissed by Johnny Cook? I have been kissed. I still am trying to clean the slobber. But, but that would be this veteran who was waving at us, I think. And he's probably in line trying to even supersede Jesus if he can. Uh, and one of, my, one of my favorites, Charlene, will be waiting with a cake for me. I'm, I'm sure she has baked a cake. But it'll, it'll be wonderful. But that's part of your promise. He is your father and my father. Your God and my God, and you belong there. And uh, we want to remember that God is Trinity. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, he, the, he, the, the Son was sent by the Father to enter our sinful world. 
to be, take on flesh, to live as a, with a human life. And in that flesh, then he died on the cross for our sins. And when he is resurrected, then after 40 days, he's, he ascends and with a, for a great reunion. Say reunion. <laughs> to with the Father. Uh, and uh, so, as, as before his crucifixion, it, you read, he set his sight on Jerusalem. Why? Because that's where the passion is going to take place. That's where the soldiers do all kinds of evil stuff uh, and punish, and, and the stripes come on him, and he goes, goes to the cross. But the cross, then, after his suffering, the cross is empty. Why? Because he's dead. And they take down his body and uh, bury him. So he's in a tomb. And then we had a chance to visit that tomb at the garden, called the Garden Tomb. Uh, I really believe that he was buried there. And on the third day, he's resurrected. After 40 days, then, he is, that is the essential of Je ascension of Jesus. He's crucified, died, buried, resurrection, 40 days, and then the ascension. Empty cross, because he's died for all our sins. Empty tomb. The angel says he's not here, he's risen. And then the 40 days is with the disciples. I want to put that in my mind. And then he is ascending the, in, within the sight of all these disciples. They see him ascending. Wow. I mean, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. It's a miracle. Say miracle. Because I, you know, he's blessing and then shoo, the angels. I don't know what kind of transportation is there, but it's glory. Transportation. He is being taken in the heaven. And, I, and they said, I'm sure, I'm glad the testimony is there that he ascended on high. And uh, he takes his place on the throne. He, he ascends, he tells the ladies who show up at the tomb, um, don't touch me yet because I need to present the blood. Need to be ascending. That's a it's a different trip. Go ahead. Yeah, Pastor, the, a, a couple of the things that have been freshly imprinted on my mind as we've been thinking this week specifically about the ascension and that phrase that we recite in the creed that says he ascended and is seated um, is the both the priestly and the kingly, the royal aspects of what happened and what the disciples observed and as you read when Jesus lifted up his hands and blessed them it was the high priestly act and he probably did actually say the ironic blessing because in those days and in those events he was manifesting his stepping into that high priestly office where he assumed the headship over this kingdom of priests that God would create through salvation 
in Jesus' name. And the emphasis on the word ascend, there are approximately 60 references in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the letters of um, the New Testament writers, in the Psalms, and some uh, inferences in some of the, the prophets in the Old Testament about not only the resurrection, but the ascension, and certainly about the kingly seating of the living son of David, the one that was promised to come and sit on the throne of God over the kingdom of God forever. Um, Psalm 110 is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. You've read it many times as you've been reading through your through. Um, your Bible. But Psalm 110 says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Say until. So this is one of the wonderful rejoicings and the, the reassurances of strong hope that we get. Every time we recite the creed, for instance, because we are reaffirming the truth that right now, say right now, Christ is seated at the right hand of God, ruling until all his enemies are made his footstool. And so day by day by day, as we pray, as we see the powers of darkness opposing truth and light and the opposition to the kingdom of God, even opposition to believers, we know this truth that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God's power, that he has been given all authority. Michael referred in uh, Philippians 2 about the humbling, the seven complete ways that Jesus humbled himself as he came out of heaven. He came out of his, um, his incarnate eternal sonship into the carnate nature of a man. He humbled himself, entered the womb of a woman. He humbled himself, became part of the poorest of the poor in the insignificant little desert town. He humbled himself in every way. And then it says in Philippians, therefore, say therefore, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him not a name, but the name. Say the name. the name. So the name of Jesus is high above every name. And it says it's a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies about God's king who would eventually come that every knee would bow. And Jesus is that fulfillment that fulfillment. So there are many uh, isms that stand in uh, oppression of people in the earth that rule governments. If I can just emphasize this. I, I just love that scripture. Well, I want us to have that become part of your being. He has a name above every name. Be convinced, be convinced wherever you go. You know that you know that you know that Jesus, you belong to Jesus, and his name is above every name. I remember, I may have men I've mentioned this some time ago, but as a young man, as just a novice pastor, I was just, just come out of graduate school, but I was being asked to go everywhere. And, but the, I remember so clearly there was a group of 12 pastors who'd gather together, and I was among them. And I was the novice, I was the young guy. Uh, and they confronted 
they were praying for this person who had a um, questionable sexual identity. And uh, suddenly, the demon out of him started talking to them. And they got so scared, they ran out of the room. And from, I mean, they were hiding. And they called me. Brother Mahesh, can you come and help us, please? We are scared. I said, why don't you do it? I'm, I've been up, I was up till 3 o'clock. I've been gone to another city and come back. And I was sleeping and I wasn't planning to go that day. And they said, please come. No discussion, please. We are scared. And I said, you're pastors. I'm just a beginner. Anyway, I went there and the demons started talking to me. And when I went, I saw them all hiding in this laundry room. And I said, what are you doing here? And they said, we are, he's out there. And the difference was, and they had sent me in there, was that I knew that I knew that I knew. It was part of my body that I had the revelation. The name of Jesus is above every name. No demon is going Amen. to stand against Amen. the name of Jesus. Amen. It'll bow. I just Amen. wanted to add that, that it make it part of your revelation always. And so as we recite and confess and remember and believe and understand uh, and testify to the ascension of Jesus, it's a royal ascension. It's a royal procession that is happening where he is rising to his kingship and is seated to rule forever and ever. Say he's ruling now. Man, he's ruling now. He's ruling now. And this is a good thing for us to remember day by day when it doesn't seem like righteousness is victorious. God Amen. has said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Rule until you have complete victory. And it's beautiful. It says, the Lord will send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. And it was prophesying to what would happen when the coronation oil that was poured on Jesus as king, as he was seated in heaven. And remember now that he is, there have been a couple of high priestly events that have occurred forever and ever in the cosmos and for the whole human race. That was the sacrifice of Calvary, the absolute death, putting an end to the old Adamic nature and race and the curse of sin and the wages of death in his death. And then, of course, God raising him from the dead was the testimony of his abject victory but there was something yet to come and that was that royal procession and so when he um, met Mary initially and said to Mary uh, uh, Magdala whom he cast seven demons out of um, and he said don't touch me it was a specific thing referring to what would happen with the high priest when he went in once a year on the day of atonement with the blood to burn incense and he would go into the holy of holies and he would go in not dressed in all the royal finery but just 
in the linen garments, the acts of righteousness, and he would go in and offer the blood and then come out again. And that's what Jesus did. So it was, and no one could touch the high priest before they went in to the Holy of Holies. So here was Jesus, newly raised from the dead in his now eternal material form. Remember, later he tells Thomas to touch him, to see that he is flesh and bone, not flesh and blood and bone. His blood was poured out on Calvary, but now it is eternal, immortal, material body, which all of us will receive. So all of these are the things that we rejoice in when we recognize the glorious gospel that we have been given and where we have put our faith. But it was a royal procession. So Jesus would have gone into the Holy of Holies in heaven with the sin offering of his blood, offered it there, and then he returned. He returned, and as Pastor said, and in Acts chapter 1, in verse 3 and 9 and 10, 11, it tells about these 40 days that he showed himself to many. The Bible says that over 500 people got to see and talk with and eat with and walk with Jesus during that time. And so you know now why that in those initial periods, even in the weeks and months following Stephen, for instance, was martyred. And as he was testifying to this gospel, the things we're speaking of this morning, the things that we possess, it so enraged the earthly rulers because it was threatening their power structure. It was absolutely putting the, the uh, moratorium or, hang, you know, hanging the banner of it is finished on their systems of power. And they were, as they were stoning Stephen, if you remember in Acts chapter 7 and 8, he suddenly saw as he was being pelted by rocks and being killed in a most gruesome way, he was in absolute glory. Because with his eyes, he was seeing the reality. It wasn't a vision or a trance. He was seeing the reality of at that moment, Jesus Christ was ruling as king. And the word of God was being fulfilled. That he would be seated there with his scepter stretched out until every one of his enemies had been made his footstool. And Stephen says, he shouts out, and he says to these ones who are killing him, look, there he is. And he says again what um, Daniel saw when he saw the Almighty come and be seated in the fire and the thousands of thousands ministering to him and all of that stuff. So Stephen was again seeing the reality. Um, even in the moment that his physical life was being taken from him. So the ascension and the seating of Jesus is a high priestly um, thing, and it's also the royal thing. We see Jesus presented as the son of Adam. So racially, if you will, there is only one race, and it is the race of man that God created, the race of Adam. There's only one race, but in that race, we all died. We inherited the sin curse, and we all died, but Jesus took that on in order to take on that sin and break that curse and free us racially 
into a new race, one race in the blood of Jesus. And we see him in Abraham as the son of Abraham listed in Mark, I think it is. Um, where it's all the lineages of Abraham. In Abraham, we find a revelation of individual salvation through faith, believing, and your righteousness is accounted as faith. We know. By that the Abraham way, I just as you're talking about his rulership, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, you guys out here: Is why is he sitting and not standing? God says, sit at my right hand. He is a high priest. Priests are not supposed to sit down. The reason is his work of presenting, of dying on the cross, shedding his blood, presenting at the throne of God. That, that work is over. Now the priest can sit down. Because he has done the work as of salvation. King. As king. As king. He sits down as king now. Yeah. King of glory. And yeah. there is a wonderful, amazing scripture years before given to Daniel. And it says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 onwards, I was watching in the night visions. And behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, that's the Father, and they brought him near before him. Then to him, that's Jesus, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. How about that? Yes. I want to send that quote to many different places. <laughs> uh, yes. To each congressman, maybe. And senator. That the kingdom of Jesus is an everlasting kingdom. And this kingdom, the one which shall not be That's destroyed. Right. Praise right. God. That's and right. this is the procession, by the way. I've seen, I'm sure many of you have seen different processions, some of the inaugurations, they're pretty good. I mean, the British know how to do that. I mean, they, when a queen is honored, especially the I was just a little kid that this was broadcast, the crowning of Queen Elizabeth when she succeeded. And I mean, it's a wowie as the queen passes through the streets of London on her awesome carriage and there are massive numbers on horses and then Soldiers marching and all that. This is the inauguration of the queen. But there's nothing like the inauguration. That's right. How Jesus was received as he was taken up to heaven. He ascended on high. And, and then think about um, how he said to his disciples that there was an, a significant event that would take place as a result of his finishing his high priestly uh, work with his blood and then being seated and crowned as king. That oil in Psalm 133, the oil on Aaron, the high priest, that flows down to the edge of his garments. And uh, in Psalm 110, it mentions when it says, your people will be volunteers 
in the day of your power. It's speaking of Pentecost, where the coronation oil of the king and the high priest flowed down to the edge of his garments. And remember, divided tongues of fire set on everyone. And so we are... By the way, I just wanted to ask again. When does he pour out the Holy Spirit? He is ascended. Ten days later. So this is Pentecost. This is 50 days after the resurrection. But he has to ascend so he can pour out his spirit on all flesh. This is the fulfillment of his prophecy. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So you have been endued with power. But remember the first outpouring in Acts chapter 2. Jesus has promised to his disciples while he is with them, Terry, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So he's ascended. They can see he's ascending. Ten days later, he fulfills part of his uh, promise. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And it's awesome. So all of this, I'm, I'm just saying, we are saying that ascension was part of this whole prophetic assignment so that we could receive anointing authority uh, and do the works of Jesus Christ. And Pastor Mahesh and I speak occasionally of an, an amazing event that we had the privilege of being a part of, being present in, actually, in 1977. And it was a great uh, convention that took place in Kansas City during the charismatic outpouring. And this was a time of visitation that touched the nations and touched every denomination. And people that had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, thousands and thousands and thousands of people from all walks of life uh, began to be sovereignly and spontaneously baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it became a, a, a great revival and a new emphasis and a recognition of the person of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the church alive and all of those kind of things. And in 1977, there we was... We had been married just about a year. Mm -hmm. Just for... And yet, uh, in Derek Prince's session, he said, and as Sister Bonnie gave me this vision, and so he, part of that, if you uh, listen to the recording of that amazing word that he gave at that Kansas City Conference, 1977, I remember. Some of the great apostles of that era were able to be with them and be fellowshipping with them. And among the people that were there, some of the, one of the guests who spoke was uh, the lady of the Von Trapp family. The hills are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> So Julie Andrews came and swung her skirt there. No, not really, but it was Mrs. Wontrap. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit wonderfully, and she was there. So um, there were over 55,000 people that had, were newly, essentially, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Catholics, Baptists, Pentecostals, every, everybody you can imagine. And the theme was Jesus is Lord. It was like a new living revelation for believers that Jesus is actually now reigning and ruling as king. Not just Savior, but as king. 
And there were, the days were filled with this amazing worship and uh, there were ongoing conversions and baptism in the Holy Spirit and quite a number of beautiful things. But on the last night, the culmination uh, message was given by uh, one of our esteemed spiritual fathers, um, and Ern Baxter. I want to mention that when we freshly... Brother Derek asked us to move and join him in pastoring the new church that he was helping birth. So we had, at that time, we had to kind of wait until we could get uh, someplace to live. And, if, you know, in a few months we were going to buy a house. But at that time, in the meantime, we, they asked us, and Brother Ern asked us to stay in his home because he and his wife were traveling. For nearly six months, we stayed there. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, um, Ern Baxter, who was a great theologian and a, a man of prayer, um, with a long history of serving the Lord, he began as a young man. He actually preached for William Branham in the early days. And... Um, had a, a very illustrious and amazing testimony. But he came to give the culminating message in this tremendous conference. And as he stepped into the pulpit, he confessed that the, the presence of the Lord was so much that the Spirit of God moved on him to preach this amazing culmination really of the apostolic message of the gospel and Mahesh and I often remember those days and particularly this message and as we were talking about the ascension and Jesus being seated as king we wanted to share these few minutes of this one particular message with you and so I would ask you to just be open to 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 imagining yourself in a great stadium filled with 60,000 believers of every walk of life and every denominational background, newly baptized in the Holy Spirit with a fresh revelation and conviction that Jesus Christ is really Lord with the name above every other name. Chris, this is Ern Baxter and the recording is old. In the humiliation of the Incarnation, he started on a route of conquest that took him through the lonely years until the time that he was introduced in the muddy waters of Jordan as the bony prophet-like finger of John the Baptist was pointed at him and those significant words were uttered, Behold! the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. For some thirty-three and a half years, he overcame and lived an impeccable life so that it can be said of him that he was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. His impeccable life was followed by a decisive death as he went to Calvary to endure inexplicable and incomparable sufferings, sufferings that we can only have a hint of sufferings that we can only look at curiously and sometimes with a sob in our throat, sufferings that are veiled in the mystery of the bearing of sin, sufferings that are surrounded 
by torn rocks, and the sun that refuses to shine, and an earth that writhes in an agony as he hangs there alone, and God reaches down his giant fist and gathers the accumulated sins of men and places it upon him, and he becomes the sin center of the universe, so that it could be said of him, he was made sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In the awful loneliness of Calvary, he made his soul an offering for sin, and the sin of the world was placed upon him, and the bolts of God's wrath were released upon him, and he became an offering for sin, and he gave up the ghost. And he came down from the mystery of his sufferings, having finished the work. What men saw was a man hanging limp, every bone out of joint, a swollen tongue protruding from burning lips. As he cried out, it is finished. They didn't know what was going on. But the veil of revelation is drawn back and we're told by Paul that something was going on in the darkness of that awful hour. He was tying a chain around the neck of the demonic world. He was dragging them across the stage of the cosmos. And the Bible said that he was destroying principalities and powers and making a show of them openly, triumphing over them in his cross. He was dealing with sin. He was dealing with the old Adamic society. He was making an end of an old order. And when he had done it in the mystery of his cross, he said, it is finished. And then he went down to make his announcement. The Bible says, or the creed says, rather, he descended into hell. Or Haiti. I'm not going to take time to document all of these things or enter into argument about them. But I believe that he went down and, through the authority of what he had just accomplished at Calvary, he confronted his satanic majesty as he stood at the portals of the world of Hades. And he said to him, I'll take the keys. Satan says, I've been waiting for you for about 4,000 years. He said, I was there in the Garden of Eden. I was the one that got that rap. I was the one that was told that somebody was going to come along and crush my head. And I've been waiting for you. And I've been killing people off all along the historical line because I thought they were the one. But here you are. Now in there with the rest of them. They're all in there. Who was in there? Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Isaiah and Malachi, they were all in paradise. In fact, just before our Lord had gone to his cross, they come up on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elias, and they had a conversation. They talked to the Lord, and the Bible tells us what they talked about. They spake of his decease that was soon to be accomplished in Jerusalem. And they said, everybody's excited down in paradise. There's great excitement down there, Mashiach. We, we want to tell you that we, we've been appointed a committee to come up and tell you that, that, that everything's all, everything's all astir down there.
Man, when we left, Isaiah wanted to come. He said that this is the greatest day. I wrote about this, and, and, and now it's coming to pass. He said, Abraham, he was right behind. He, he, he wanted to come too, but we were appointed to come and tell you that we're so grateful for what you're doing. There are thousands of them down there. Everything's all is fair. Why? Because under the old covenant, the blood of bulls and of goats couldn't take away sin. There were men down in paradise clenching in their fists their credit notes, for they were down there with promissory notes. Every time an Israelite laid his hands on a lamb and transmitted his sins that that lamb may die in his place, that at best was a credit note to be redeemed by the most precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they were waiting for the time when their credit notes would be redeemed, and now this is the time. And so he comes down from his cross and he confronts his satanic majesty, and he says, I'll take those keys. And Satan said, no one's ever talked to me like this. And Jesus said, no one ever had the authority to. But he said, as God's king, as the one who has now been given authority as his delegated sovereign, I'm in charge now. I'll take the keys. And Satan handed him the key. And he went over into the unrighteous section. And he opened the door and he looked in and he had pronounced that they had been righteously judged for having rejected God's counsel under an old economy and he shut the door and left them there. And then he turned to the gate of paradise and he opened it and he said, come on, let's go. They started up the steps of ascension and when they got as far as Jerusalem, some of those Old Testament saints said, Master, do you mind if we have a stopover ticket? We'd like to spend a few hours in the old hometown. We haven't seen it for centuries. The Bible says that the bodies of many of the saints were seen in the streets of Jerusalem. Having looked at the old hometown, they continued with their journey. And up and up and up they went until they came in sight of the ramparts of glory. And then this great crowd of Old Testament redeemed who are moving paradise into better quarters cried out. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. But it's not that easy, for angelic protectors hurl back their challenge over the ramparts of glory, and they say, Who is this King of glory? They said, Let's tell him. He is the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. who has just come freshly from the battlefields of Golgotha, where single-handedly he dealt a death blow to all of Satan's plans and purposes, where single-handedly he bore the sins of men, where single-handedly he cut off the old Adamic order, where single-handedly he died a decisive death, meeting the demands of God, meeting the requirements of man. He is the Lord of hosts, mighty in battle. Now will you lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And again, unsatisfied, they reply, Who is this King of 
glory and they cry back, He is the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. He is the one who is in charge of all the angelic hosts. But not only that, He is the King now of a multitude which no man can number. He is God's delegated authority. He is the one who is to bring to God the fruit of His purposes. He is the King of glory. Now swing back those gates and let the King of glory come in. And the gates swing back and He enters in. Steps up to the Father's throne. Presents the tokens of His redemption. And the Father says, Sit down, Son, at my right hand and reign until thine enemies are made thy footstool. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. He has everlasting dominion and glory and all power has been given unto him and he has the name above every name and so at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord so this continues today it, so grateful that we can re receive this as the word of God Say the word of God. So it is the highest authority that tells you, you are a child of God. You are a king and a priest. And that Jesus has utter and everlasting dominion, ultimate authority. You belong to him. And that you also are commissioned and you have authority. We so humbled and so grateful and so thankful that he ascended on high and that he has the everlasting, everlasting dominion 
that he is the king of glory. Truly, he is seated at the right hand of the ancient of days. And so, we want to say, Lord, receive our worship, our honor, our thanksgiving. We are committed to you always till the day we see you face to face. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Each and every day, no. One of the final points I was going to emphasize is right now, the assignment that the Lord has, and it's in Romans 8, 34, that his earthly ministry has been accomplished, but now he's involved in his heavenly ministry, which is to pray for you and I. Always. So today, he's praying for you, blessing you, caring for you. So we are so grateful. He's watching over you as we carry out his commission, as we do the best we can to see that his gospel is proclaimed to every nation and every soul knows Jesus is Lord and that we are raised up as intercessors and watchmen over Jerusalem and over Israel and over the nations of the earth. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Jesus is ascended and he has promised he will return again. So his Lord's work and we join him is to be involved in the Great Commission. We are giving the world today, as you heard Brother Ern's words, they'll, they'll give you awesome hope. And we are giving that hope and encouragement to the nations. Look up. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Father, we bow before you. Thank you for these awesome words. Thank you for the great apostles that have gone before, who have given us, shared with us some of their revelations of the awesomeness and the wonder for our Lord and Savior and Master, Jesus Christ. And that he has promised he's coming back. And we are so comforted by that knowledge. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Commission us, refresh us afresh, and send revival to every nation. And this nation, Lord, we need restoration. And we need revival from your presence. As King of glory, Lord, send revival. And even today, to each of us here, come in a body way. Um, I'm going to ask again, if you don't mind, our leadership team to stand here. And there are people who may need to ask the Lord if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, give your life to Jesus, or receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, you need prayer. 
you need healing. Our teams coming up, receive prayer. I would, I would not hesitate one more moment to giving my life to Jesus Christ if I need to do that. If you've not had that, receive it. If you've never spoken in tongues, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this would be a great time as the King of Glory is being has been exalted. He is here and He is watching and praying for you. So come on up uh, and remember, if you can, assist us. This is one of our great conferences this coming year with Brother Bill Johnson and Brother Steve, our bubble man. It'll, it'll be so much fun. So invite others to come to this conference upcoming and the second week of July, correct? And, um, and July 4th, we're going to have a special gathering as our Brother Mike has shared. Thank you, Father. We bow before you. And yeah, so just stand up right now where if you need prayer come on up don't hesitate and Michael lead us in worship brother we'll just, I want to just say to those watching us on the world wide web this invitation is for you too give your life to Jesus Christ if you've never done so let us know in the web communication that you're giving your life to Jesus. If you want to receive right now, we pray the Holy Spirit come on you mighty. As in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit filled them. May the Lord fill you with His mighty Holy Spirit. On this day, we celebrate the ascension of Jesus. On the 10th day then, after His ascension, He poured out His Holy Spirit. We call it Pentecost. Awesome. This is that which was prophesied in Joel. I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God is pouring his spirit out on you, on your family. The, the jailer in the book of Acts, his whole, not only he, but his whole household is filled with the spirit and he's serving the Lord. May you turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Serve him. He's coming again. That's part of the promise of the ascension. He is returning soon. Praise God. So receive prayer. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Share with us what you are experiencing. May the God bless you. We are blessing you, praying for you right now also. Amen. Michael, please go ahead. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.